Welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast with your host, LaToya. This podcast was created as a platform for spreading love. Welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast, and I am your host, LaToya. I created this podcast in honor of my dad, who was an amazing guy. He had an infectious laugh, and his spirit was magnetic. He was the type of guy who made everybody feel like somebody special. If you were to place him in a crowded room of 100 people, my dad would be the smartest person in the entire room. He was an award-winning radio TV broadcast engineer for many years. Born and raised in the city of Detroit, he was one of the first to go to college in his family. And while attending Wayne State University, he developed a lifelong love affair with the game of basketball. He was the shortest point guard on the team, but he could slam dunk the basketball with either hand. By all outward appearances, my dad lived a rewarding life, but there were parts of him that were known to only him. On March 2nd of 2020, my dad's private struggles became public when he took his own life in a murder-suicide. When he died, a part of me died too. And since the tragedy, I have become an advocate for mental health awareness and suicide prevention. I also created this beautiful podcast in honor of my dad and others like him who are struggling with the effects of mental health challenges. My podcast, Speaking of Love, is named after a show my dad once hosted called Speaking of Sports. Thank you for taking the time to be here with me today as we take a journey in pursuit of the strongest magnetic force on the planet Earth, and that's love. My name is LaToya Bond, and I have a podcast called Speaking of Love. My podcast is dedicated to the memory of my dad who took his own life in a murder-suicide. Aside from that, I am a business owner. I have a home-based business. I am also a legal professional during my nine-to-five day, and I am a person who operates her entire life on the premise of spreading love. It's the secret to my success. It's the secret to my longevity on this earth, and it's what keeps us going because love is the thing that makes all things beautiful. So that's why I'm here today to talk about my favorite subject in the whole wide world, and that's love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast, and I am your host, LaToya. I am so happy to be here today. I have a beautiful young lady here. Her name is Paige Bond. We actually have the same last name, and I am so excited to interview her today. But before we get into the interview audience, I want to tell you a little bit about Miss Bond Miss Paige Bond is the host of the Stubborn Love Podcast, a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's also the creator of the Jealousy to Joy formula and Jealousy Expert. Her mission 
is to help people pleasing millennials navigate non-monogamy so they can tame their jealousy and love with ease. In Paige's own journey, from feeling lonely, insecure, and jealous to feeling empowered and reassured through her five-step formula is what fuels her passion to help other people pleasers stop the jealousy rage and find ease and joy in their relationships. Welcome to Speaking of Love, Paige. Thank you, LaToya. That was such a warm welcome. I'm happy to be here today. Wow, it is so good to have you here. Now, where are you right now? So I'm based out of Orlando, Florida. Okay, you're in Florida. What's the weather in Florida right now? It is hot, hot, hot. (laughs) It's like in the 80s or 90s. We almost broke like a record the other day for like February temperatures. Like it almost hit 90 in February when it's winter. Oh my goodness. We just, we're, I'm here in Detroit, Michigan, and we're just coming off the brinks of a really bad ice storm. Mm-hmm. So to hear that there's somewhere in the country where there's 80 degrees, it's like, wow, I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's nice, tropical. <laughs> well, Miss Bond, we're going to get into the interview because I am so excited to talk to you today. I love what you're doing. Your mission is amazing. And I just want to go back a little bit. Tell me about Paige Bond. What was life like for you? Where did you grow up? What was it like for you being a child? Did you envision your life being where it is now? Talk to us a bit about you. Oh, boy. So I grew up in a small town on the east coast of Florida. Um and honestly, it was it was a really small town, so there wasn't a lot going on. It's not like a hustle and bustle city. And um, even though I grew up near the beach, I didn't go to the beach all the time. I know that's, you know, probably not allowed for people who live in Florida, but exactly. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> um, but I grew up in um, a two-parent household for the majority of um, my younger years, And um, then about like around when I was a teenager, my parents got divorced. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of what sparked my journey for where I got to today, because I, I was really trying to understand love at the time. And I was very, very confused. And when I noticed they got divorced, I was actually really, really happy. (laughs) Um, which most kids aren't really happy about their parents getting divorced. But I was like, man, these people, should they be together? They're so different. I'm so confused how they even got connected, how they even got together. And so I became obsessed with love from there on out. (laughs) Wow. That is something through a tragedy. Because basically it's tragic when – When a marriage ends, you know, that's the death of a family pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was really hard too. Um, so what happened was, is, um, it was me and my brother, um, we're the only two kids and we lived with my dad and my dad was really good at making sure that we were involved in extracurriculars and, um, making sure that we stayed out of trouble because I actually had this conversation with him like about a month ago that, It was his just utmost goal to make sure that we just didn't get into bad things. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so we I was involved in band. I have been playing like piano since the early 2000s. Um, wow. I guess you can see the piano in the back. So maybe we should get you to play a tune before we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I get stage right. So I don't know about that. <laughs> um, so I, I was always involved in music, loved music. And um, I think that was really propelled by my dad. Um, he always loved music growing up and always wanted to play an instrument um and still to this day is like dying to learn guitar um but mm -hmm. hasn't yet and is involved in other hobbies and projects but so I got involved in music I got involved in um band in school and so you know that takes up time with marching practices that takes up time with weekend um practices or games to prepare for competitions um and then on the downtime, when that wasn't happening, my brother was actually really involved in dirt biking. Mm. After the divorce happened, I was like, well, I want to do a hobby with you guys. I don't want to be left out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so I also got involved in dirt biking as well, um, which doesn't happen very often for females, um, you know, in that kind of sport. It's kind of like a rough and dirty type of um, sport. And it was just a lot of fun. And I think what my happiest time was, is just the fact that um, any race that I did, it didn't matter if I won, because most of the time I didn't, I'm going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it didn't matter if like, oh, I, I made that jump or I beat this. All that mattered to my dad is that I had fun. Like after every race, after every time I got off the track, he's like, did you have fun? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Um, and so that's like a life lesson that I've taken with me like to this day is to make sure that I have fun in life because it really is too short. Like that's kind of like one of his common phrases is life's too short not to have fun. Mm -hmm. That is so special. So you're a licensed marriage and family therapist. Talk yes. to me, Paige, about how you came to be. Like, why did you choose that field to go into? And yeah. what's been the highlight of that career? So I chose it um, through seeing my parents divorce because I was like, why do people get together? Why? What keeps people together? Like what makes love actually work? Like mm. compared to divorces, to long-term marriages. And um, at that time, I started reading, getting back into reading a lot of books. And so I was on a really big Nicholas Sparks spree in my yes. high school years, um, which to now look back on that is um, very forming for someone who's in their teen years of like what love is supposed to look like because it's fairy tale, right? Sure, sure. Um, so I think that's what kind of started it. And um, so eventually I got into grad school to be a couples therapist. Mm -hmm. And um, I loved working with the relational dynamics with helping people how to communicate very simple things. Um, in my eyes that I thought were simple because I'm an outsider. Right. Um, but for them, it was such a struggle. And so this was just something that I got so much joy out of when I got to see the aha moments between couples and see like their faces light up with like, oh, I feel so seen right now. And I was mm. like, this has to be what I do forever. <laughs> wow. So you found your calling. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. beautiful. 
So talk to me about your clientele. Like how do, are you doing this virtually or do you meet your clients in person? Yeah. So I'm actually taking my practice fully online soon. Um, So I'm providing services to people in Florida, South Carolina, and Vermont right now online. And um, soon I'm working on launching another project to be able to provide uh, services to people nationally. Um, And so anyone will be able to work with me once I get this up and running. Wow, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about a time when you feel that you've made a good impact on one of your clients. Like, can you do you have any breakthrough moments that you could share? Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, a time, actually, a, a recent client who she started seeing me last year and was really struggling with self-worth, thinking that she's not lovable thinking that this is just the way that that life is and that she'll always have to sacrifice in order to try to get close to somebody. Wow. And it's in that's actually a really common in the type of people I see, um, especially being like people pleasers. We often like lean towards like a codependent type of dynamic, you know, pushing our own needs down to be able to, you know, try to get a connection with somebody else. Yeah. So she was really struggling with a lot of that. And um, I kind of did some of my usual like process of work of like breaking down the beliefs that like kind of put formulated all of that together. And a lot of times these things happen in childhood um, experiences where we either felt dismissed Um, We felt like we couldn't share our emotions. Um, We didn't feel seen or understood. And we bring that to adult relationships. And um, so a lot of times what we what I like to do um, is go from a basis of attachment theory and attachment theory is really kind of, um, I guess, based in. So if you experienced a certain type of love growing up you're going to look for that type of love when you're older. Mm. You are going to look for what feels familiar. And so if you come from a home where your parents dismissed your feelings, where they criticized you, where you didn't feel good um, in the relationship, you're going to seek a partner that makes you feel that way because that's what familiar and that's what love feels like to you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Even though, so people will seek after that, even if they know that it's not the correct way or it's not healthy. Um, sometimes they don't realize it's not healthy or that it's not, you know, a, a correct way, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because what they are used to is that is their experience of what love is. And so when someone is nicer to them, more accepting, reassuring, um, or Uh, actually like listening to their feelings and not criticizing them they're like whoa this is foreign to me Mm -hmm. are are you sure like they're so distrusting of it because that's not their experience of what love is wow so as a family therapist marriage therapist what do you see is the biggest breakdown in relationships in the family structure i think the biggest breakdown is um Probably us not really sharing emotions and Mm. not being able to open up about what we're feeling. Oftentimes, um, let's say parent-child dynamics, 
there can be frustrations that happen, um, you know, that are caused by maybe their kid is doing something that annoys the parent or maybe they broke a rule in the home. And so the parent can often lash out in anger, lash mm-hmm. out in um, missing or ignoring the child or just like going through punishment rather than communicating what feelings that was actually coming up for them and what really was needed to mend the relationship. So I think that the lack of expressing emotions has a huge impact on family systems. Wow. And it's so incredible that you have dedicated your life to helping save families, so to speak, because that's so important. In today's society, you don't really have that family structure anymore. People are so different now than they the way they used to be many years ago in terms of the family structure. There's no mom and dad, children all having dinner together at the table. It's just different now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I hope that we don't get too far away from that because I would really like to see that continue on. Yeah, that was actually something my dad had uh, as part of our regular weekly ritual. If we weren't at the track racing dirt bikes on Sunday night, we were all having dinner together. Mm-hmm. He was making us a meal and we were sitting down at the table. And that's something I really valued and want to continue in my own relationship um, going forward in the future. Yeah, definitely. The first community of life is always family. Always. hmm mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you for that, Paige. Yeah. So talk to me about the Stubborn Love podcast. Is that the name of your podcast? Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. Tell me about your podcast, its purpose, the mission. Like, what is the Stubborn Love? Yeah. So Stubborn Love came out of just like, honestly, um, like a boredom slash dream project during the pandemic. Mm. Um, cause everybody's inside and what else do you have to do then record yourself and start a podcast? Um, <laughs> so I created stubborn love to basically share my information and knowledge that I have learned over the years being a marriage and family therapist. So I can share like bite-sized tips that are very actionable in every episode to either help audience listeners feel seen and heard so that they're being um, normalized, whatever issues they're going through, or have something like a tip or advice to be able to enhance their relationship. And so that's really the mission. I love that. I love that. It's something you, I like to watch and listen to programs, television shows, podcasts, that where there's a takeaway lesson, something that you can learn, something of value, not just bubblegum for the brain, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Yes, me too. <laughs> so how long have you been doing the podcast? You said since the pandemic, how many episodes have you recorded so far? Yeah. So right now I only have 22 released. Um, oh, I'm kind beautiful. of back. Yeah. Yeah. I've been um, kind of back and forth on my consistency with it. But this year, I would really like to um, be a lot more consistent. I'm hoping to hit at least 50 episodes by the end of this year, which I think is really doable. Yeah, you can do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I have um, four waiting to be released. um, But since I'm kind of a one woman show here, I do all Mm -hmm. my own editing, I upload it myself, I write all the show notes and everything. So it's very time consuming while I have my hands dipped in other projects as well. Yes, I feel the same way about my podcast. You are my 121st 
episode interview. And I have so many other things going on in my life right now. So I'm really thinking about uh, my podcast being maybe twice a month instead of every Saturday, maybe every other Saturday, because I have a few things that I'm working on that haven't become public yet. So I just kind of want to put my time and my focus on everything individually so that I'm not overwhelmed. So you can definitely get to your 50. Now I'm a one woman show too, but what I will say that, are you connected with StreamYard? I'm not. I just use Anchor. Okay, I use Anchor too for mm-hmm. my um, audio part of it, but I would really recommend that you um, check out check out StreamYard yeah. because with the StreamYard, you don't have to do as much legwork. So, like right now, you and I we're streaming live on Facebook on both of my Facebook pages, plus we're streaming live on YouTube. So I don't have to do anything else. Those episodes are going to live there forever. And they're already uploaded. The show notes are there. You only have to type it in one time and it shoots it to all the different platforms. So Mm. if you need any help with that part, please reach out to me because I I can definitely help make it a little bit easier for you. Because when I started out, I was doing everything all by myself. And it was like, oh, I need help. So stream hard. Definitely yes. the way to go. All right. I'll message you after the show. <laughs> awesome. So I w- I really want to get into this part of the interview. I am curious to find out. You are the creator of the Jealousy to Joy formula. And mm-hmm. you're a jealousy expert. Mm-hmm. Tell me, Paige, Miss Bond, <laughs> <laughs> what is the Jealousy to Joy formula all about? How does it work? Ah, well, let me tell you, Um, (laughs) it is probably one of the coolest things that I've created because I created it out of my own pain. um, And now I get to help my own clients with it. So the jealousy to joy formula is actually a five step process where we go through these different phases to help people understand their jealousy, to cope with their jealousy, and to be able to um, turn their jealousy around into something positive. Um, so I can go in detail about the process if you would prefer me to. Yeah, or... so then I'd like for you to give me an example of how you would turn jealousy into something else. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have the five C's. Um, so um, what we do is we start with consideration. That's the first C. And in consideration, this is where we're kind of like trying to assess what's going on here, who you are, where your beliefs came from. What are your patterns that are not working for you in your relationship? And what are the patterns um, that you want to keep going in your relationship? Um, So I often work with people who identify as people pleasers navigating non-monogamy. And that's what I created uh, this framework for. And so in consideration, this is where we really get to take a deep dive into family and relationship history and find out what um, attachment styles are playing a role in their current relationship. Mm. Yeah. So kind of like how I was talking about a little bit ago of like, well, we we gravitate towards love that feels familiar to us. So uh, in attachment styles, we can um, quite often narrowing it down to three different ones. We have a secure attachment style. We have um, an insecure attachment style that can be anxious and then Mm. an insecure attachment style that can be avoidant. 
Um, and so I mainly work with a lot of people who are anxious as that's quite um, often how I have identified in my life with uh, attachment and love. Mm-hmm. And so when we are feeling anxious in a relationship, this can come out as like a push and pull um, back and forth thing. We want to fix the issues um, immediately, and it's really hard to look forward to the future in a relationship when um, issues at hand, the conflict has not been resolved. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of times for the people who are anxious, though, we have trouble stating, well, not even stating what our needs. First off, identifying what our needs are, because oftentimes we're so enmeshed with the other person in the relationship that we kind of just like dismiss our own needs. Mm. And what happens is we um, end up really kind of putting our partner on a pedestal and, um, dismissing really what we're needing to get out of the relationship. And so become we become very insecure in that dynamic because we're not getting our needs met. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, in that, we do a lot of um, attachment style work. Where did this come from? Um, why are you picking the partners uh, that you're picking? What kind of partners would you like to have? What kind of partner do you want to be? So we do a lot of work on the self in that first phase. Um, And that's only one part of it. You know, we also break down um, what's going on with jealousy. When have you experienced jealousy in your life before? Um, If if you have experienced it, um, how have you dealt with it before? Like in a successful way, how has it come out in an unsuccessful way of dealing with jealousy? So we do a deep dive into history um, and hit the ground running starting off first. Wow. It sounds like you're letting people know that jealousy is is kind of normal, I guess. Is that your message? Yes, it is. It is so normal. Jealousy is a very, very normal um, emotion. Um that is allowed to be expressed. Um, Oftentimes we get this idea in our head that like, oh, you shouldn't be jealous. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you start shooting yourself um, is the phrase that I use, uh, that we're we're putting quite a a bit of evaluation and judgment on ourselves. And so that's going to keep us locked into that negative emotion, the negative symptoms that come along with jealousy. If we keep judging ourselves for it, rather than opening up to an experience where we are more compassionate, which is actually the second C in my um, formula, is we want to be more compassionate to ourselves and to others. But we often struggle with self-compassion. Yeah, yeah, it's so easy to be kind to others, to be able to say like, oh, yeah, um, I want to help you with this. Or, um, you know, when you're saying that really mean thing to yourself, don't say that. But mm-hmm. internally, when we're calling ourselves um, names, when we're <laughs> saying that we should be doing something differently, oh, we go into a negative shame spiral And we stay there and then we just, we think so poorly of ourselves. And so the, the second phase of my process is to really open up to being able to um, be more compassionate and kind inward Mm -hmm. so that it can also grow and blossom outward as well. So it sounds like what you're teaching is that jealousy is a normal emotion, Mm -hmm. but it's all about how you channel it and how you deal with it. Yes. That makes the difference. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Makes sense. Wow. So what do you love most, Paige, about the work that you do? Um, getting to see that someone coming from such a place of low self-worth mm. and growing into being able to assert themselves, their boundaries, their needs, identify them, and live a life according to their values is just like the biggest heartwarming hug that I can get. Um, yeah. Seeing that they can actually experience self-love is just so rewarding. So rewarding. Wow. Mm-hmm. So what have you learned about yourself, Paige Bond, mm-hmm. since becoming a licensed marriage and family therapist? What is the biggest lesson you've learned about you that you didn't always know? Um, hmm. I am not immune um, to uh, regular life problems. just because I am a therapist and that I specialize in relationships does not mean that uh, I just don't have to do the work myself. I still have to do the work and it's very important. Um, And it's necessary that I continue to dive into resources that help me grow um, personally and professionally, of course. Mm-hmm. And that's work that will continue forever. As the yeah. saying goes, self-improvement is a lifetime occupation. Mm-hmm. So we're always looking for ways to grow and reading and learning and expanding our horizons. So kudos yeah. to you, Paige. That's amazing. Thank you. I love it. It's a great life. Yeah. <laughs> so on the topic of self-love, we talked about that a little bit here. Um, as you know, this podcast was created in honor of my dad. And if there's anyone watching the podcast right now, Paige, who may be feeling a little suicidal, they may not have a desire to want to live on the planet Earth anymore. They're ready to to call it quits. They're ready to go bye-bye, all the different expressions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the suicide rates are higher in the springtime, and we're going into the spring months, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are sitting in the depression and the anxiety, and the thoughts are formulating, and they just they're not ready to face life much longer. So what kind of advice would you give someone who may be watching right now who's feeling suicidal? Yeah. So as someone in that state, it's really hard to be the one to reach out. And so I I think it would be kind of um, wrong of me to say, oh, just reach out. Um, because yes, it, it can be done and that can provide you with a lot of resources, but that's really hard. And so I, I would really say, um, for someone who's really struggling in the deepest, darkest moments of their life right now to see if they can, um, envision even just the tiniest spark because and this is actually from a, a Paramore song that I that I love so dearly. It's um, the lyrics go, "It's just a spark, but it's just enough to keep me going." Aww. And all we need is just one little grasp of hope, and it doesn't even have to be a big hope of like, "Oh, I'm going to experience this life change." It can be a, a hope of, "Oh, wow, um, I got to put food in my body today." And Mm -hmm. now I have nutrition and now um, my body is fed and I can go on and do um, sitting uh, over here on my bed and laying down and not have a headache from not being nutritionally fed. Mm -hmm. Um, Just any little spark to find um, 
just some sort of way to keep going. Mm, I like that. Find a spark to keep going. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So Paige, I look at you, you're a licensed marriage and family therapist. You have your podcast, you have created a formula. You're extremely successful, but how do you define success? What's your definition? Yeah, um, I define success by failing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Success does not come without failure. That's so true. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I define it by failing, by being vulnerable um, and perseverance, you know, keeping on going, but also knowing when to stop. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, because you don't want to run yourself into the ground um, and then you know that that could land you into an unsuccessful area um, mm -hmm. but really I think the the most important part of that is knowing that um, there's going to be things that we're not good at one because we're doing it for the first time so how can we have that expectation that we're going to be perfect mm -hmm. um, but two I you know, I, I was in a writing workshop earlier this week and the prompt was, here, let me get it out for me. Okay. <laughs> it was it was so interesting. And it was um, asking about, uh, the prompt was writing about a time when you needed a little confidence because there was this line from the book that said, um, confidence comes from the times you fail and when you're bad at something, not mm. when you're good at something. Mm -hmm. And like that struck me and I ended up writing like a, a lot for 30 minutes. But the, the biggest thing that came from that for me is like, oh, my gosh, like that is so right, because I've never felt more confident when I'm in the car driving down the road and the radio's blasting and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. And I am not hitting any notes at all. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm so confident in it. And I'm having mm -hmm. so much fun with it, even though I'm not, quote, good at it. Right. Mm -hmm. And right. Um, I think confidence can come from confidence and success can come from things that we fail at or are not mm -hmm. good at. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Paige, this podcast was created in honor of my dad who took his own life in a murder-suicide. And of course, when he died, a part of me died too. Um, I've been doing this work here uh, since his passing in 2020. And my father had a, a radio show many years ago called Speaking of Sports. And when he died, I wanted to do something to honor him because I believe that a man should be recognized for the way he lived and not the way he died. And so my father was a big radio guy. He loved radio. He loved sports. He loved public speaking. So I created this platform and I named it Speaking of Love after his radio show, Speaking of Sports. Mm -hmm. So the million dollar question that I ask all of my guests who sit before me, Paige Bond, how do you define love? Oh, this is a really great question. Um, <laughs> there's uh, quite a few variables that I have come to define love as. And this could be different um, depending on who you are. But for me... Um, I actually wrote a list because there's quite a few things that how I define love as. Uh oh, and I think I better get my Kleenex. This sounds like this is going to be serious. Hold on. 
I'm ready. Go ahead. (laughs) So I think first and foremost for me, I define love as acceptance. Mm. And to feel accepted and seen by someone, to not have the judgment and to be fully yourself, fully self-expressed and having that honored in you is just such a special feeling. And I, I don't think that we, we can all get to f- experience that feeling of acceptance. Mm. And so um, that would be my big driving force of love. But I also have within love for me, I value adventure. Mm. And so love should be adventurous, should be fun. Um, and, and adventure doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm going to like the Greek islands or something. Adventure is... Um, an experience that you share with somebody, something new, something novel. And whether it's going to the grocery store for the first time ever and um, you you make it special in some way. Like the other day I, <laughs> I was um, talking about like, oh, this is like my first um, day that I've had with you as like our first time being together of mm-hmm. like this particular date. Um, and so that's an adventure in itself, like all these new experiences. Oh. Um, I also have uh, very uh, intertwined into that is friendship. Um, friendship is love for me. Um, if we cannot have uh, a, a friendship, it, it would be really hard for me to say that I, I love you if I can't like you. Yeah. Yes, I get it. <laughs> it's really hard to love you. Um, so that's a really big basis for me. And then um, love is growth. Mm. Uh, love is not stagnant. Uh, love is a choice um, that we work at. Um, for me, I define love by continuously engaging in resources to better the relationship that you have with somebody. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the other few things that I have are there are specific for me is sensitivity because I'm a very sensitive person. I, <laughs> I consider myself um, very easily, um, you know, uh I can be offended by something really easily or I need a lot more gentleness. And so mm-hmm. I, for me, love I'm the same most- way. Oh my yeah. God. I'm the same way. Yeah. Yes. I'm a sensitive soul or Sally or however you want to say it, but be gentle with me, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last few things that I define love with are having shared interests, consistency and trust. Mm hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Now, I think you are my, because there's no right or wrong answer to the definition of how people define love. But I I think in all of my show history here, I've never had anyone give me a list. So I like that. Yeah. And and I think the best one that I liked was how you said looking for ways to improve on Mm -hmm. the relationship, looking for new adventures, new things. So that's beautiful, Paige. I love it. Thank you. It's part of my own (laughs) self-work. Yes, of course. So what's next for you? You have your your license, you have your podcast, your formulas, your public speaking, you're impacting lives all around the world. I mean, I truly admire what you are doing. What's next for you? 
Thank you so much. Um, what's next for me is um, really being able to get my uh, jealousy to the joy framework out into the world so that people can feel better about their jealousy so they can um, finally have it feel like it's manageable to them. Mm -hmm. And so what's next is I'll be launching um, my offering um, with the jealousy to joy coaching uh, package uh, here soon sometime this spring, which I'm really wow. excited about. That is so good. We need that. Because I, see, I think every person on the planet Earth experiences emotions of jealousy. And we need to know that it, number one, it's normal. It's not anything to be ashamed about, but we just have to know how to channel those emotions mm -hmm. so that we're not walking around in a negative state. So that's beautiful. How mm -hmm. can um, how can my audience reach out to you? What's your yeah, so they can just reach out to me and find me on my website at www.pagebond.com. And you'll see me um, all over the website and my contact information and uh, is on there. I'll also have um, a free offering download on my website. Um, so there's a workbook I created so that people can start managing their jealousy. Um, and I can give that to you in the show notes later if you would like. Oh, that's beautiful. So her website is pagebond.com. Yep. P-A-I-G-E-B-O-N-D.com pagebond.com. That's beautiful. Thank you. Oh, I have enjoyed our interview. I'm so happy you were here with me today. Me too. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we conclude the interview? Yes, I would. Um, because, you know, this has become a common theme in my life lately. And I've, I've known about it and I've known how impactful it is. But now it's like clear as day for me. And um, I would like to share like a little piece of advice for people who may be struggling in relationships um, in any type of dynamic of a relationship, if I can. Please, please. Yeah. yeah. So, if you're having a hard time feeling frustrated in your relationship, feeling um, like they're not understanding you, feeling like they did something to hurt you, I want you to stop and think for a moment. And, and to think in your, in your brain of your, your wise mind where you're in a calm state and think, does that person really want to hurt you? Most likely not. They love you. Um, people who love us don't intend to hurt us. And so this piece of advice I want to give is to try to give that person who, who you feel wronged by the benefit of the doubt. Be generous in thinking that they didn't intend hurt or harm to you. Be generous in thinking that they were unsure, maybe the best way to communicate it to you. And this is a really great opportunity for you to let them know what the best way to communicate that is for yourself. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's impactful. Thank you so much. Powerful, powerful. Thank because, you. you know, sometimes we do that in our relationships. We think, oh, my goodness, why would this person say this to me? And it hurts me. And really, that's not their intention. So, yes. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, Paige. This is beautiful. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. So if anyone is interested in reaching out to Paige to learn more about her work, her website is www.pagebond.com. That's P-A-I-G-E-B-O-N-D.com. Paige, 
when the pages of your life are reviewed and your mission here on the planet Earth is complete, what do you most want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for having a positive impact on this earth. I don't even need to like have it remembered as me in particular. I just want the impact, the positivity to be left behind. That's the legacy that I want is to try to leave this world or the people around me better than I found them. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I think you're already achieving that intention by the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. much. Well, thank you all for being here this week. I have truly enjoyed your interview here, Paige. Uh, For my listening audience, if you have missed any part of this podcast recording, you can always catch it on YouTube. We're on Facebook and we're on all of the podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud. Speaking of love is there. So just keep your love inside your heart and know that love is the thing that makes all things beautiful. I will be back next week with another guest on Speaking of Love. And I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for being here, Paige. Thank you so much,